for SEN America. This is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast, the lighter look at the NFL. I'm your host, Richard Gower. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to hit on all the latest news. Uh, we're going to take a look at nicknames in the NFL, um, try and find some of the best ones. I know you've certainly got a couple, James. I've got a few that I really like. Yep. We'll take a look at the NFC South as our preview section continues on the NFL's conferences. And we'll finish off today by taking a little bit of a look at the NFL over-under win totals in the odds section. Uh, once again, there's a couple there that we really like look of and a couple that mystify us a bit. First thing I'd like to do is thank everybody who listened to the podcast last week and have hopefully listened again. Uh, I know, James, a lot of people have reached out to you. I've had a number reach out to me uh, saying how much they like the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always good to have some positive responses to things, you know, makes it makes it easy to come in every week and do it. Yep, and to the people who said we suck, thanks very much. I hope you're still listening. Uh, now let's go over to the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Okay, first thing we want to touch on in the newsroom is Junior Gallette. Uh, a video has surfaced from 2013 where it shows the Saints linebacker striking people with a belt during a scuffle. One of the people struck was, in fact, was a woman, um, which really doesn't look good because he was arrested back in January. Uh, for simple battery involving domestic violence. So, what do you think of this? Look, if it's him, he's in real trouble. And it's not a matter of what's going to happen. We know he's going to get suspended. He will be out for the season. The Saints have just paid him a massive contract after Huge a deal. really, you know, 41.5 million contract with 12, 12, 12.5 million up front. Like, that's, well, that's already been paid. Exactly. So, what if he gets suspended, does he have to pay that back? Or does he just pocket it? Oh, they'll put in a grievance. They'll try and get some of it back, but I wouldn't like their chances. No, so you, I think that you know his attorney saying it's not him, but well, that that's my favorite part of this whole story. He's immediately gone with the shaggy defense of it wasn't me. I don't know, man. I've seen it. It, it looks like you. I haven't seen the video, and I couldn't tell you what Junior Gallette looks like. But as I said, if it's him, he's in serious, serious trouble, and that'll most likely. Be the end of his career. Well, he already had the. He's already got his meeting with the commissioner coming up for his incident in January. Yeah. And basically, the NFL's CBA now says we can suspend you even if there's no charges. Look at Adrian Peterson; he got put out exactly. for the year, no charges. Or Ray Rice; there was never charges on that. Exactly right. So that that sort of thing, that the NFL just doesn't care because now their violence against women issue is a real. Real issue. You just can't hit anyone, but let alone you can't go beating up on a woman. And if that's what they're doing, then he's in real trouble. And that's the bottom line. And Goodell will come down hard on him like he has on everyone else in the past. Yeah, if this, uh, whether this turns out to be him or not, I reckon he was probably going to get two weeks anyway for the issue earlier. Yeah. Um, this could pile on. This could be as many as, you know, eight. Half a season, the whole season. Well, you look at last year: Greg Hardy, Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice. Ray Rice is banned indefinitely. Um, he still hasn't even been reinstated. So I would, I would really think that he, I'd say he'd be gone for the year. If, if it works out to be him, he's gone for the year, and he could possibly be done indefinitely, much like Ray Rice, and not be playing ever again. Yeah, I think um, America loves second chances. We know that. So I think we'll probably see him in the NFL again, but I think he's going to sit out for a while, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of people who are out of the league, Terrell Pryor was cut by the Bengals last week and then was immediately picked up off on waivers uh, by the Browns, but he's making the switch from quarterback to wide receiver. This is a guy who ran a 4-4. He's big. He's tall. Can he make this transition? Do you know what's great about wide receivers? that 95% of them run 4-4s and they're all big and fast and they've got this thing called the ability to catch and they've played it their whole career. Look, if he's going to make it anywhere, it'll be in stinky Cleveland because, let's just put it, Brian Hardline's not really going to carry the flag for them this year and they lost Miles Austin, so what are they going to do without him? I'm getting the tone or the vibe that you don't think this is going to work. Look, 
who knows? You don't know. He, he is an athlete. He's a big guy. If I was him, I'd be having a crack at playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns because probably have more of a chance. Yeah, you should be sneaking to those quarterback meetings, just tossing a ball around, hoping somebody notices, because <laughs> there's not much in that cupboard. Well, have, have Cleveland said what they've claimed him, what the plans are with cl- claiming him? Do they yeah. want him to play quarterback? No, no they're going to try him at wide receiver. He's coming in camp as a wide receiver. See, what, what it does create is he obviously has a cannon of an arm. It creates gadget plays and whatnot. There's plenty Antoine of, Randall-L, you reckon? Yeah, there's plenty of guys like Antoine Randall-L and Mohamed Sanu that's always throwing passes in in um, Cincinnati, plenty of guys do it, come out of college, but not many go for, you know, two or three years as a quarterback and then change and are successful. Mm. So, you know, like, I remember when they wanted Tim Tebow to switch to tight end. Yeah, well, that's never going to work. Well, what do, what do people think? You just go, hey, I'm going to swap positions this week. It's the NFL. Yeah. It is the best players in the world. The Cleveland Browns have had access to the best receivers in the world for the their whole existence, and they've done nothing with it. What... What's showing them the trial prize going to end up being any good as a receiver? Yeah, it'll be an interesting story. Look, it's going to be a good camp story, that's yeah, for sure, um, to see how he goes. Oh, and, and you know what? I always like rooting for people. I hope he ends up being a gun receiver. I do. Okay, moving on. Um, Titans, yet to sign Marcus Mariota. It's the only first-round pick with no deal in place. What do you think's going on here? Um, maybe he doesn't want to play for the Titans. I'm pretty sure that's not it. No, nah, look... There's probably, normally with contracts like this, you know, rookie contracts are all predetermined on how much they're going to earn. So it could be something, they always get trouble with the wording of contracts. It could be anything like that. It could be that the Titans just really aren't fussed with getting him signed up at the moment. I think the Titans are nickel and diming him. You've got that set range that you can play with a little bit with, Not with only, those contracts. You can only play with the guaranteed money. Yeah, so that's my feeling. Are they nickel and diming him? Well, they should be. He's in... He's a quarterback, you know, who knows he, how good he's going to be. He's the second pick overall. Everything in the in the draft is on potential. Yeah, it's true. And he's the number two pick. Now, yeah. no, we, we all know what happened with Jamarcus Russell. That's why we have a rookie wage scale now. Whoa. But yeah. how have they not got this deal done? I, I said there's obviously... A lot of the time, people put it down to Mariota hasn't signed the deal yet. Mariota doesn't have anything to do with it. It's all agent-based these days. The players literally just go, get me as much money as you can, and they come to them for the final approval. All the negotiations done with agents. Look, I would say there's just something going on with the wording. There's not a lot of information on it, and I think you'll find it'll, it'll, get, it'll get dealt with pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll be shocked if it is, but um, if it's the Titans trying to be cheap here, um, well, cut, it, cut it out. Exactly. It's cut not it like out. they have salary cap troubles. They've got no good players. And we'll talk about that a little later. Yes, we will. Um, last thing we want to touch on in the news section, Tom Brady's appeal was heard today. He was in the meeting for over 10 hours um, at the headquarters in New York City. Obviously, we're not going to get any news out today. We're still waiting on Hardy's Well, Greg Hardy's decision. is at 25 weeks now since he got heard. Yeah. 25 days, sorry. It's not at six months. Yeah, it's at 25 days. Ray Rice's took 24 days. Um, I think it'll be a long wait. Do you reckon this will stretch into camp? Uh, Possibly. It is the the league's most recognisable player. What's camp? Six weeks weeks away now? Depending what team you are and when your first preseason game is, roughly. Roughly a month and a half. Look, probably not. When you think about it, I think I think the longest I was I was listening to something the other day, the longest ever gone is thirty seven days, I think was the longest appeal's ever been heard. I think you'll find Goodell will um overturn it, give him his two game suspension and everyone will walk away happy. Yeah, well as you know, my conspiracy theory is by the Patriots dropping their complaints and accepting their penalty, that was the handoff for this to be dropped to two games so I can actually see Tom Brady play yeah. against the Cowboys instead of uh starting or watching the last game of the Garoppolo era. Yeah, exactly. Okay, coming up next, we're going to analyze a list. Everybody loves lists. Uh, This one is the best nicknames in the NFL, penned by my co-host, James Arthur. So we'll see uh, what he's got one and what he's got at 15. We'll be right back. Nicknames. We've all got them. Some of them are great. Some of them are awful. We very rarely get to invent our own nickname. No, we don't. Most of the time, it's given to us by our actions. Um, so, 
our man James is taking a look at the best nicknames in the NFL. I'm going to throw it over to you, mate. Um, I presume you want to start at 15 and work your way to one. Yes, absolutely. Start at the back, work to work to my favourite. Now, this is my opinion. I haven't just gone and copied it from somewhere. So there is a lot. There are some that guys probably haven't even heard of. They are current NFL players. No, yeah, no prime time. No, but I will mention a, a special mention to the running backs: Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs, and Derek Ward. The three running backs from the Giants who were nicknamed Earth, Wind, and Fire. That was my favourite previous players. Um, so look, without... they're all now unemployed. Oh yeah, Bradshaw just got suspended for, for one a game. game. God. As if that's going to hurt him. Okay, so look, I'll start from 15. At 15, I have Drew Brees, whose nickname is Breezus Christ. 14. This one's pretty common. Look, I, I put it in more because he's such a great player. Adrian Peterson, and his nickname is All Day. AD. It's not AP for all the people who are no, getting it wrong. It's AD, and basically highlighting that he will just go all day. Got it his time at Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, Marks Colston, wide receiver from the Saints. Nicknamed the Quiet Storm. You know, he's got a very uh, shy demeanour, not not very out there. Uh, but when it comes to game day, he's he's a force. Bit of a old nickname, that one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Does, does it need to change to really quiet storm these days? Yeah, well, it'd be like really quiet raindrops. Because <laughs> he's not storming much anymore. Um, this one I love, Greg Greg Zulin, the kicker from St. Louis Rams, Legatron. I think that's fantastic because one of the best. It hasn't been. Uh, he didn't earn it. It's not. It's not creative because it's just blatantly ripped off. Yeah, it's and great. That's what makes it so good. And then you know the reason he's at twelve is because he's a kicker, and who cares? Kickers aren't people too. No, um, it's punters are people too. No, Kickers are nobodies. They're all nobodies <laughs> to me. Calvin Johnson, Megatron. If you can't work, if you haven't watched him play, you won't understand that. He's big, he's fast, and he catches a lot of balls. I think you've got that pretty low. Megatron's a great nickname. I just think, again, it's a nickname that's taken from something else. I tried to give credit for ones that are are made up from not taking it from a show or or something like that. For the person. Yeah, exactly. Um, Marshall Lynch, beast mode, duh. He's a beast. Poor old Saints pretty much created that one when he ran over oh, all, yeah. all 11 of them and the drinks. Still drink. one of the best yeah, runs and ever. And the drinks, boy, just to get that touchdown. Now, that, he, he rounds out, he comes at 10, now coming into the top 10, number 9, a player that a lot of people have probably never heard of, Jeff Toole, who is the Bills' backup quarterback, and his nickname is Toole Time, <laughs> after home improvement. That's one of my favourites. He's gone deep. That's deep into that the is, archive. That is a that guy that we'll probably never see play again, but he is a current NFL player. Um, coming in at eight, JJ Watt, JJ Swat, because he leads the league in, in bat down since he's come in. And it really, it, it was one season too. It seemed like every week yeah. he was standing yeah. in some quarterback's face, it was knocking, great. It, it like was great. rejecting it like he was a basketball player. <laughs> Number seven, Damon Harrison, the the defensive tackle from the Jets, snacks Harrison. Now, there is a story to this. Apparently, he loves snacks so much that in between water breaks, he goes and eats snacks from his bag and doesn't share them with anyone. So he got given the nickname Snacks. Wait, hang on. He means his own... What, to practice or to games? his own snacks because they don't have the correct snacks for him. There's a certain American snack that he loves that he goes and gets out of his bag. It's probably because it's really bad for him. He shouldn't be eating it. It's hilarious. Uh, Coming in at six, just outside the top five, but here's a good one. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, the law firm. Yeah, that that's fantastic, that one. It's, that, it's been around for a while. R- Rich, Rich so Eisen good. came up with that one. Uh, that one's very funny. Um, now, into the top five. Number five, Darren McFadden, Run DMC. Great nickname. Terrible football player. That's pretty harsh. Well, apparently a watermelon's better at this point. Yes. I can't wait for Jakiz Watermelon to get going. Much better. Um, number four. This is mine and Richie's favourite, Bobby Three Sticks. Well, it's actually not my favourite because it's number four, but Bobby <laughs> Bobby Three Sticks is well up there. It it's so good. You ever know, RG Three Sticks? Bobby Three Sticks. It just makes me laugh yeah, every time I hear it. Makes a, me it's laugh. A great nickname. And, and it really came. You got to give credit's due. It came from the Washington media. Um, it appeared on Tony Kornheiser's show, the radio show. He does a lot, um, and they've pretty much just carried with it. Yeah, and. It even got funny because when he was hurt, he was obviously on crutches, and it made it even funnier. It's, yeah. it's been a great nickname. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, number 
three. Now, the top three it got very difficult. Number th- number three is Frank Gore, The Inconvenient Truth. Obviously, na- actually, not obvious, a lot of people don't know. Ex-Vice President Al Gore bought out a book called The Inconvenient Truth. Uh, Rich Eisen, one day in the middle of a show, called uh, Frank Gore Al Gore. So then everyone just started calling him The Inconvenient Truth, and it just stuck with him. I think it was in his second year or something like that, so... That's great. I love nicknames like that. Uh, number two, Terence Knighton, the pot roast. <laughs> now, it, it Googling. Is so, yeah, if you don't know who we're talking about, just you know, get on your local Google machine and look him up because yeah. you'll work it out pretty quick. Oh, it's the nickname. Is, you know why he's nicknamed that. It, um, it's great. And that one's carried around everywhere. He's had oh, that for a long time. Yeah, he's been at three different teams now and they, they all call him that. Um, now, number one... Drum roll, please, from Chris Tyler. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle. (laughs) I think it's great. The best bit about this is he's not very good. No, he's not good at all. (laughs) Because he's also clipboard Jesus. No, that's that's Charlie Whitehurst's clipboard Jesus. He's also known as Fitzmagic. There's nothing magic about his play anymore. When he got his massive contract, he had a really good end of the season for the St. Louis Rams got called Fitzmagic, and then they signed him the next year. The nickname got changed to Fitztragic. <laughs> he then went to Buffalo, grew, grew a, beard. a massive beard, and got nicknamed the Amish Rifle. You know, it should be more like the Amish Pop Gun, but hey, it's, it's a, that, that is my favourite nickname by far. All right, so ca- th- there you have it. A couple of admissions. Um, I do love Clipboard Jesus. Yeah. I, I reckon that's very funny. Um, the Muscle Hamster, who hates his nickname. I had the I Muscle really Hamster like. at 16. Oh, he just I missed just out. I just couldn't get him in. Uh, just like uh, Tampa's final 53, they might just not be able to squeeze him <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. And I missed out. The one I, I missed that, for some reason, I didn't even come across or think of was the Honey Badger. So... Uh, Tyron Matthew from Cardinals. Yeah, and that one, he's had that a long time. He got that when he was at LSU. And we've seen it leak leak into Australian culture with the Western Force players being given it, basically blatantly stolen yeah. from him. If, if, if you're not sure what a honey badger is, just jump on YouTube and search for it. You'll find it pretty fast, and it's pretty funny. And it is everything... That Matthew is. Yeah. The way he plays fearlessly and just gets after the ball. And he hated the nickname until he actually saw the videos himself, and then now he he quite likes it. Yeah, exactly. Once he understood what a honey badger is. Yeah. Um, So he was one that I regrettably missed. He would have been in the top 10, I reckon, for sure. Well, if you've got one better than that, or any that we think we've blatantly left out, um, be sure to tweet at us at SEN America, use the hashtag SEN NFL podcast and we'll uh, give you a retweet or maybe a mention next week, especially if you come up with a really good one. Absolutely. Coming up next, we will deep dive into the AFC South. It's almost as bad as the NFC, uh, sorry, the NFC South as well. The entire South divisions aren't very good this year. No. Uh, we're working our way up if you haven't worked this out. Um, so we'll take a look at the AFC South next. <laughs> South. Some say it's the worst division in the NFL. Um, the others are wrong. We will see. Um, but they do have a headline team in the Indianapolis Colts. 11-5 and last year. Lost the AFC Championship game in the Deflategate game. Head coach Chuck Pagano, led by quarterback Andrew Luck. Probably the best young QB in the league. Um, James, how do you see this team shaping up? Look, really... I looked at the stats for this team, and what I was shocked with is they actually rank well in almost every category. Um, The worst ranking they had was running the ball, where they were ranked about 20th in the league. But defensively, they were 11th for total defense. They're the best passing attack in the league. Uh, So it was it was when I looked at who they lost. That's what really struck what really strung out because you know they've lost three safeties. So you've lost your two starters. And backup. So that's not easy. Plus, you've lost Reggie Wayne, who's had an outstanding career there. He was getting on. He was getting on, but he's still a player, along with Corey Redding. You know, how do you replace a guy like Trent Richardson? That's what I want to know. Well, you just go out on the street, hold up a sign, NFL player needed, and grab the first man or woman who comes up to you. Okay, well, that that explains it. Now, look, with all honesty, um, 
the biggest thing they've got to they've got to improve on is defensively. They weren't a great pass rush. Uh, now their numbers are good for sack totals, and I thought that can't be right because they weren't a good pass rush team. When I looked more into it, they had fairly good sack totals, but their pressures were right down the bottom. So basically, they were getting home a lot, but they weren't getting there a lot. If that makes sense, there wasn't consistent pressure. Well, I think also what hurts them is, is Davis can shut down his area of the field because he's a superstar but the other side is a mystery who's going to start out of that lot at the moment you've got Greg Toller who was who fought injuries last year um, and Daenerys Butler starting in the slot and they're relatively unknown look their strength has to become up front they've got um, Mathis will be coming back from injury who was hurt last year missed most of the season last year they brought over Trent Cole, but you know Trent Cole's a, a, an aging veteran. He's well over thirty. Can he be effective? Kendall Langford comes over from St. Louis, where basically Kendall Langford before he went to St. Louis was a really great three-four defensive end. Mm. He moved to St. Louis, became a four-three interior tackle, and struggled in that three-technique role. So the idea is that he'll go back to his former glory. Um, you'd hope that's what hoping they signed when they signed him. You know, Dequell Jackson. How's how's he going to go? They just don't have a lot of quality football players. That being said, obviously, they were in the championship game last year. Yeah. When you go on the other side of the football... It's all offense. That's where they've spent their time and their money. And it's all skill position. That's what's amazing about it. You know, you, they bring over Andre Johnson, who has been an outstanding receiver now. He is aging. Has he got a couple of years left in him? Oh, I think so. They can squeeze a year or two exactly. out of him. Especially, they've got T.Y. Hilton yep. running, running around... And Philip Dorsett, they just drafted in the first round. Exactly. They are look. They're they're set pretty well at receiver, and then obviously you've got Andrew Luck throwing the ball. He is an outstanding talent. Uh, my concern that they, they want to get their running game going. It was terrible last year. Frank Gore, he's thirty two years old. Yeah, it's he's inconvenient truth, mate. He is. He just keeps proving that age isn't a problem. But father time always wins. He's the one that always. You know, has the the magic carry number, but it never seems to affect him. Well, no, it hasn't, and he does have some okay players to share with. You know, Vic Ballard's back from injury; he's a solid player. Uh, my concern for them, and it's along along with a lot of teams, comes up front. Um, Costanzo is their left tackle, a really good young tackle. I think Pro Football Focus had him rated six tackle in the league, but all his points came from pass protection. He's not known as a run blocker. They just don't have... You know, they brought Todd Herriman's over from the Eagles, who is a subpar guard. Yeah, at best. Yeah. He's just he's a dude. Go, and he's going backwards. Their centre has had a terrible year last year. I just don't see them having that much going on running the ball. So what they're going to have to do is rely on their receivers. Uh, you know, they've got Moncrief going into his third year, I believe. It might be his second year. Uh, he had a really good year last year. And then Allen playing tight end, along with Kobe Fleener, who's played his whole career with Andrew Luck to this point. That's that's going to have to be their bread and butter because they're just not going to get it done on the ground, in my opinion. I think Andrew Luck... Pro Football Focus has got him as a, as a high-quality player. Oh, that's a joke. He's elite. He's elite. Yep. And he will be for another 10 years. I mean, how lucky are Colts fans? You have Peyton Manning for however yeah. long. You knew you were going to the playoffs every single year. You go, what, 1 and 15 once, or 0 and 16, whatever it was, and all of a sudden you get luck drop into your lap, who's a once in a generation player. There, when you have that kind of quarterback under center, you're a playoff team straight away. Absolutely, you are. I guess the question for me, for you, and I'll go you one better. Question from. at fat underscore boy underscore Tim on Twitter has basically said, have the Colts done enough in this in the offseason to get over that hump and win the AFC? Look, I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. I think they were good last year and they've added pieces that can potentially make them better. But the pieces they've added are still question marks in my mind. You know, Frank Gore, at some point, he's going to drop off. Their O-line is subpar, barring one one player who isn't a run blocker. So the running game's not going to be there. I just... I think you'll find they'll be reliant on the run. If Andrew Luck can't reduce his turnovers and stay, consist- and, and, and stay consistent, then 
I think that you'll find they'll... I, I actually have them at 10 and 6 this year. I was about to come to that. What have you got them finishing? Yeah, 10 and 6. I think they'll win the division at 10 and 6. Oh, they'll definitely win yes. the... They could win the division at 8, eight. and 8. Yeah, they could. <laughs> but, Houston's really their only challenge, so... Yeah. Look, I, I think they're going to win the division as well. Um, I've given them pretty much exactly the same record. I reckon they'll go 11 and 5 again. Um, because of the other teams in their division that they play twice... Yeah, they're just um, not very good. It, it's... Well, they've got... Four guaranteed wins in the division. I'll give them Jack, six. Jack, look, I think Houston might be okay, but you might split a game with Houston. But they well, just don't. I'm going to be at that game in Houston. It's probably the highest chance that the Colts drop a, a divisional game. You think so? Is that is that Absolutely game? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, that, that, that's my, that's basically my opinion. I don't think they've done enough to get better. No, no, at Fat Boy Tim. Over to the Texans. Finished the year nine and seven. Um, Won a couple of games at the end there, missed the playoffs. Head coach Bill O'Brien, and they'll be quarterbacked by somebody. Um, <laughs> biggest addition, off-season addition, um, defensive tackle Vince Wilfork. Is there anything left in the tank? We will see. I reckon there probably is. They'll get. I reckon they'll get one really good year out of him, one good year, and, and he'll probably drop away after that. Um, he's very much been a. When he turns up, he turns up. He can be just dominating inside, but when he's kind of not in the mood, you're going to get zero production out of him. Well, the, the great thing about Wilfork is he's got something that you can't teach, which is size. He's huge. So even if he just, on running down, sits at nose tackle, you ha- you pretty much have to double-team him. You can't leave him one-on-one. He no, you can't. He destroy guys one-on-one. He's too big. And basically what that's allowing them to do is, so you're going to double-team... Uh, Will Fork and Watt. That leaves you with one offensive lineman to block everyone else. Yeah. This is the difficulty they're going to have if Jadavian Clowney comes on as well, which I really hope he does. I think you'll find this defense could flourish. Brian Cushing is over his injuries now, hopefully. Um, another really good linebacker. That's. I think that's one of the biggest things. If, if Cushing can have an above-average season, yep. Clowney gives you anything above last year because he was injured for most of the year. You know what Watt's going to give you. They've got some really good corners in Jackson yeah. and Joseph. Um, even um, yeah, they drafted, Kevin they Johnson. drafted Johnson um, with the 16th pick overall out of Wake Forest. Um, yeah, That's really upgraded that defense. I think it could be a real... And what some people don't know, and I want to touch on really quickly is you tend to draft to build your team against what you face the most. Yes. Yep. they got to face the Colts twice a year mm-hmm. who fling it all over the place because yep. they got Andrew Luck. So they clearly looked to continue to address that um, in the offseason and in the draft. They had a linebacker with their second pick um, with McKinney. He'll probably start. Almost certainly. And then they went for a couple of wide receivers. Um, Jalen Strong. And... Uh, Keith Murphy. Um, by adding those things in, that should give them a little more, um, a little bit more there. My concern, and people are going to get this theme from me all the time, it's who is throwing the football yep. and changing the play at the line of scrimmage. No, you're right. They just... It's, it's really going to come down to their philosophy. Arian Foster, I, I can't believe they only have him graded as good on pro football focus. That blows me away because he's, at worst, a high-quality football player. Um, But, you know, it's going to come down to their philosophy. Do they want to ram the ball, run it well, and then use short passing game, get DeAndre Hopkins open on on crosses and whatnot? They've got a pretty good O-line. Like, they can can run the football. See, Afilo, the left guard, is a a high draft pick from last year. They have... uh, They just re-signed Derek Newton, the right tackle. um, Dewan Brown, the left tackle, is one of the highest-rated left yeah. tackles in the league. They have a very good O-line. It's just going to be, do they want to do that dink and dunk style of offense and feed Arian Foster? Or do they want to... I hope they go with Ryan Mallett. I do too. Uh, we joked last week that Hoy is tainted with brownness. Yeah. And it is true. You know, I know what Hoy is going to give you. Hoy is the ultimate they, backup they, quarterback. Yeah, they should know what Hoy is going to give them. Yeah. Mallett... Could be anything. Yeah, go with the raw talent. He's got a cannon of an arm. He has one of the strongest arms people have ever seen. 
go with him. See if you can get, like, J- Jalen Strong's a burner of a wide receiver, a young rookie. Get him to draw the field. What Hopkins showed he's a great player. You know, try and go after something. I, yeah. I just really feel like they should take a chance. With a QB like that, who can really stretch the field vertically, yeah. it's harder to defend. It opens up so much space underneath. If you've got somebody, like when you're playing against Alex Smith, well, you know he's not going to throw it more than 10 yards down the field. Absolutely. He's not. You, you can just level out your defense and sit there. It makes a lot of Because he's not going over the top on you, but an arm like that can put it way over the top. An arm like that doesn't come around very often. I think you're better off taking the chance and seeing what you've got because if you miss out on what could be, you don't know. Take a chance with it. Yeah. I think... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bet. If Hoyer is their QB, they go backwards. The record will suffer. They'll be 8 or 8 or worse. Yep. If they go with Mallet, I have no idea which way this team could go because we've already talked about their defense. There are good players all over that defense, especially if Clowney and Cushing come up, they're going to have a really good defense. I agree. The O has got good players all over the place Mm -hmm. except under center. And, and because of that, throw a number in the air and let it land, that's how many wins they have. Exactly. It could be anything. You have to take your chance with Ryan Mallett because Brian Hall is going to give you this dink and dunk, boring offense, and who wants it? Oh, yeah. so I don't I don't like watching it, so let's get someone there with some explosiveness. Have a, Should have, be great for hard knocks, though. Oh, yeah, hard knocks. <laughs> court, yeah, the, the, a, a QB battle is always great in hard knocks. Um. Okay, Jacksonville Jaguars, 3-13, and 13, and they missed the playoffs. Who'd have thought? Head coach, Gus Bradley, quarterback, Blake Bortles' service. What do you think, mate? Are they improving? I mean, they're definitely improving, um, but we seem to say this every year about Jacksonville. You know, they drafted Fowler in the first round, and he blows out his knee in a non-contact OTA. Yeah, that, that's... That's horrible. And, you know, uh, what I did like is they did the right thing by him and they signed him to the full con- his full contract still, which they they honoured their contract um, and gave him a lot of guaranteed money, which was basically saying, hey, we've got your back. Let's work hard and get you back. Um, you know, some key additions. They added Jeremy Parnell. The, he was a backup tackle last year at Dallas, but played, I think, six or seven games in the regular season for Doug Free. Um, they paid him fairly good money, but not over-the-top money. I think yep. that's, that could be a good signing. He's definitely an upgrade from last year. Uh, Jared Odrick was a really under-the-radar defensive lineman from Miami last year. Um, Sergio Brown had a really good year for the Colts last year, and another good signing. And the big signing was uh, Thomas from Julius Thomas, the tight end from uh, Denver, who had a huge year. Is absolute poaching. Oh, they can't. I, don't, I don't understand how Denver let him go. Well, can Thomas work without Bra- without Manning? That that's going to be the question. Was it the system, or is he a great player? Because he yeah, was but terrible you're... for a year before he had Manning in Denver as well. But if you're Denver, you knew what you had. I- I'm still really surprised they let him go. I am too. I think it just comes down to salary cap. Is you know that's the ultimate thing. Another really good under the radar signing was Steve Wazinski, the center from the Raiders. Yeah, it's a good really get. good football player. They got so cheap because no one wanted him. So I would say it's a personality thing, uh, you know, a personality sort of thing that he's not really that great a guy or a teammate, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always take a flyer on guys like that. You know, they've been imp- if if Luke Jokel comes along, which you'd think he's got coming into his third year. They've already got Zane Beatles at left guard, who's a really good player. Wazinski comes in and starts at center for them. Is an upgrade. Linda is a top 10 guard in the league. Yep. And then if Jeremy Parnell can end up being a, a solid player, their O-line's all of a sudden better. You know, key that with, with TJ Yeldon, the running the rookie running back, and Denard Robinson, the sky's the limit for that running game. Yeah, Yeldon's an interesting story. You go back two years, that national championship um, for Alabama. Yeah. He was everything. He was everything that they were talking about. He made the difference. He was fast. He could hit the hole. He could run inside. He could run outside. Yeah. Last year, he was a little off the boil. So was Alabama. I say a little bit, only a yeah, little bit, just from their normal high lofty standards. And he was untalked about coming into the draft yeah, he's, process. He's... And I think he's going to be a really good player. I mean, pro football focus has got him projected as a starter. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, and he's a sneaky rookie of the year candidate as well, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, very good hands out of the backfield as well, which in this league is, is huge. What 
my concern is they've got Alan Robinson, Marquise Lee, two high picks from last year, Alan Hearns, who was an undrafted guy who really showed something. They've got Mercedes Lewis, who's a great tight end, who took a pay cut to stay with them, and Julius Thomas now. Is Blake Bortles ready to break out? Is he going to justify them picking him that early? I think it was pick three. Uh, is, is is he going to... Is, is he going to break out with those weapons around him? Nope. I, I That's my biggest question as well. Yeah, I can't, I can't see them getting a whole lot better. As much as... I think... I always liked Blake Bortles. I drafted him in our Fantasy Keeper League yeah. and, and dumped him at the bottom of my roster for the year to see if I might keep him going forward. But Marcus Lee should be able to come on and, sh- and so should Robinson, but I just can't see it this year. No. They're, they didn't show enough in their rookie years. Um, there's so many questions. I mean, there's the, a reason the they had this. terrible. Yeah, there's a reason they had the second pick. Yeah. My concern is, as you, as you rightly pointed out, the D-backs are no good. I don't think their linebackers are much choppy. They've got some good stuff up front. Calvin Smith um, had a really good second half of the year last year as a rookie. But you just never know what will happen. No, it's a you rookie. Don't. That's all you know about He him. found his feet. They're not really planning for him. I don't think there's a whole lot in that defensive secondary. And if you're constantly catching up against teams like the Colts and maybe the Texans, we'll see... You're so far behind the ball that Bortles is now constantly having to throw it to these subpar mm-hmm. receivers and you're playing catch-up ball. Yeah. You can't hand it off to, to Yeldon and others if you're behind no, from I agree. the start. I agree. I think, look, I have them going 4-12. and 12. One more win. One more win. I think Bortles' progression will have one more win. Maybe 5-11. and maybe five and 11. But that is as far as I can see him. I think a perf- uh, the best case scenario for them, they maybe win six games. That would be the best case scenario if everything goes well. They just have way too many holes. Even if Bortles does play well, they're going to they're be having shootouts every week because their yeah. defense just they've got no pass rush and no D backs. Yeah. If they can get to six oh, wins, it's, uh, it's a huge improvement. That, that is the best case scenario for them. Okay, on to the Titans. Two and fourteen finish the season on a ten. 10- Game skid. Uh, head coach, Ken Wisenhunt. Quarterback, it will be Marcus Mariota. Um, I know we had that question tweeted at us. It will be Mariota, I'll guarantee it. Contract yep. or not, it'll still be him. Yep. Um, they also added Anthony Fasano, tight end, um, trying to help um, help their rookie quarterback. Added DN Brian Arakpo. Um, play outside linebacker. They've got their play 3 4 scheme. Yep, now. they'll stretch him out. Yeah. Um, they added Harry Douglas out of those boring Falcons. I think that's a pretty low line. Um, yeah. Well, he got cut by the Falcons after a year. So what yeah. does that tell you about him? Cortland Finnegan uh, announced his retirement. That's a little sad. He was a, a little bit of a... He was a feisty chap. Feisty young fellow. Yeah, I, li- I liked watching him and Andre Johnson go about it, to be honest. That was yeah. good fun. Uh, which is great. Um, unfortunately, Jack Locker retired. Oh, no, there's a huge loss. Um, yeah. They obviously spent their first-round pick on Marcus Mariota. They had the second pick overall um, after the Bucks took Winston. What I want to point your attention more to is their second-round pick, which number 40 overall, and they traded into this spot to get Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah. Wide receiver out of Missouri. He transferred from Oklahoma. He sat out last year. Um, he has significant off-the-field issues, I think you can to so say the he least. he didn't play college football last year. Not last and year. And he still went in the second round. Still went in the second round because he has a couple of things. Freakishly, height, weight, and speed. Stuff you can't teach. Things you can't teach. There are people out there who have called him a young Randy Moss. Now, yeah. with that kind of off-field incidents, maybe that nickname actually suits. He could be anything. He could blow up in their face. Yeah. Or he could be something special. And once again, this could go either way. If they put the right things around him, he he could be fantastic for them and, and a bargain. Because if he hadn't transferred and he had played last year and he didn't have those off-the-field issues... Top 10 pick, you think? Maybe not top 10, but definitely first round. Yeah, okay. So all those issues piled on and he's still a second-round pick. He's got something going for yeah, him. Yeah, that could be anything. 
Yeah, you absolutely. Know, that's really a wide open um, proposition. He could give them, you know, something pretty special. Um, but he's some hope. Yeah, you pair him with Mariota, and, and you know who, who knows you have your your hope for the next ten years. If you if you can get him and um, you know maybe someone like Kendall Wright working the same Kendall side Wright together, is a really underrated football Agreed. player as well. He if he was playing in Green Bay, he'd be Randall Cobb. If you, yeah, if, that's if, probably if, that's if probably you go fair. Through that's numbers, fair. they are very similar statistically, barring last year where Cobb had a significantly, or actually not that significantly, a, a bit of a better year than him. But you look at their numbers overall; they're very similar. But he plays in Tennessee, where they pick second in the draft, not playing the playoffs. I think they do have some advantages over the Jags in that they've got a better O line, and their defense is very solid. Yeah, look, they've got a good defense because they've got um, they've got good. Linebackers now, but with adding Arakpo to play linebacker, he's had some injury problems. But when he's healthy, as a Cowboys fan watching him play for Washington, he is dominant. Yeah, and yeah, you know, they've got um, Casey inside. That's he's what I was going to say. Really good interior lineman. Yep, McCordy's outside a, a top ten corner. Yeah. They also have the best uh, top ten names in the NFL: Billy Ray Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> so no, no, not Billy. Bleedy Ray Wilson is his name. Is that not a great name? That isn't a nickname. His parents named him that. Ladies and gentlemen, Bleedy Ray Wilson. Rated as poor. <laughs> yeah, rated as, as a <laughs> By poor By pro focus. Yeah. Um, I actually... I'm going to go out on a limb here. I reckon they're better than the Jags. So do I. I absolutely It, it was only one win that they had less than the Jags did. I think they're a better team. Obviously, you know, Zach Mettenberger and Winehurst... There's no chance that Mariota they're going to play. play. Mariota will be the opening day quarterback. He needs to play 16 games for them. That's what they need. Yeah, they, they, do. they need to not go to, to Mettenberg halfway through the year. Well, it needs to be exactly the same as I said for Tampa last yes. week. If if Mariota plays 16 games, he's showing something, and the season has been a success. Absolutely. And as you said before, they have a great O-line. Like, Taylor Lewan is a much better player than Luke Jokel just from his rookie year. Yep. He's had a really good year at left tackle. Um, Levitter's been around for years. He's a good player. They've also got Chance Warmack, who was a first-round pick the year before, who came out last year, had a really good year. You know, that's three of your five guys who you're very comfortable with. And they've got to find a couple more, or at worst case, avoid a couple more. You know, band-aid a couple more. Um, and they drafted a... a, a, a a center and a and a guard. They drafted and a, and a right tackle as well. So they yep. drafted a lot. They also have Byron Bell, who's from last year from the Carolina Panthers. He started every game for them last year, so he could easily slot in at right tackle as well if he if he performs adequately. Um, yeah, and if not, when Delaney when Walker, someone goes down, he could give you. He can potentially slot exactly. into a spot of an injury. A, a swingman, basically, he gives them. Yeah, um, and then you, you know Delaney Walker had a, a really along with Kendall Wright another really underrated player from last year. Tony Walker had a fantastic season, but you know if he's playing somewhere else, they're talking about him. But he's not, so they don't. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely with you. I, I, I think they're going to win six games, which that's a huge improvement for them. And I, I think that's only going to happen if they have Mariota for six games. Yeah, I think they've got to get a little something out of Sankey and um, McCluster as well, because that's God, that's a couple of average backs. No one's been able to work out McCluster, and they also they, they cut Sean Green the other day, so. Yeah. Well, what's your finishing order for the South? So I have Colts winning it, Houston second, Titans third, Jags last. Bingo. I'm with that too. Um, And I think the Colts will go deep. My my theory on football is most of it comes down to quarterback. At that level, yes. Luck's top five quarterback, if you ask me, and I reckon they're going deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 I... I don't think they're going to go as deep as what you think, but I think they'll definitely make playoffs. I think they'll probably be a top two seed. Okay, stay with us. We'll be taking a look at the over-under season win totals in the NFL. We've got a couple there that we like and a couple we absolutely hate. So we'll be coming up with that next. Each season, Vegas put out their over-under totals yep. on the season. 16 games, you get that one bye, but obviously that doesn't count. The most common thing 
Most common line you see is eight and a half wins. Yeah, it's lots You see there. the line is a lot of them. Um, we'll pick out a few we like, a few we don't like. I'll get us started. First one out of the shoot, San Francisco 49ers. Their win total is seven and a half. They are tanking so much. I think they're going to be absolutely awful. I'd want the under there. Yeah, I, I don't like agreeing with you, Richard, but I definitely do agree with you there, um... They're not going to get seven. They're not going to get eight wins. No way. Um, yeah, so I agree with you there. I have one I really like. And when we did the Super Bowl odds last week, the Arizona Cardinals, eight and five. They're definitely going to win nine games. I really like the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm not as big on them as you are, as, as we've t- talked about before. Um, but I certainly don't think that'll be right about around the number. Yeah, I, I think they'll win 10. I think I had them winning 10 games. Because I, I don't think San Francisco are going to be very good, and I don't think St. Louis are going to be that good. Or I think Arizona are going to be better. So other than Seattle, there's no one really to compete with in that division. I think they can scrape out more than nine wins. Yep. The next one I'm going to take a look at is your Dallas Cowboys. I actually The, the line's nine and a half. They won 12 last year. They've got one of the easier schedules in the yep. NFL. Um Nine and a half. I reckon they're going comfortably over that again. Um, I reckon they'll get a similar record to last season. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's a that's a good bet. Obviously, I really like it because I'm a Cowboys fan. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. I think I think they're definitely going to surpass nine nine or ten ten wins. Is it nine and a half? Nine and a half's a lot. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to get ticket ten wins this year. Uh, another one I like. Now this is the Chicago Bears. They've got them at seven wins. I love them to not win seven games. <laughs> They've got the 13th most difficult schedule. So they're about midway for the schedule. I, I, I don't think they're very good at all. I think they're going to win maybe four or five games. So, so so when we come to the NFC North, you're clearly going to have them last. Mm, yes, I will. Absolutely. Them and Minnesota are going to fight it out for last place. Okay, I'll, I'll get the next one I really like. This is someone we just talked about. Jacksonville Jaguars. The line is five and a half. I reckon they can go over that. Really? Yep. We just discussed that six wins would be a huge, would be the best case scenario for them. Yeah, but so now I'm gambling, so I've, t- I've taken my smart head off, uh, put okay. my emotional so one on. I like to keep my smart head on when I gamble, they've, so I do not like that at all. They've got a really easy schedule. Yeah, they've got one of the easiest schedules going around. they play in the AFC South. It's only three more wins that they got last year. Yeah, don't see it happening. I don't like that. Look, <laughs> another one. Here's one that I hate. The Cleveland Browns, six and a half wins. That is tough. Are they going to go... They could win seven. They could win two. That's right on the number. Yeah, you just don't... That is... Yeah, that, that's that's a tough one. I would not take that at all. Yeah, another one that jumped out at me that I wouldn't want to have to try and predict is the Dolphins... The, the win total's eight and a half. Yeah, it's tough again. It's right on it. it. It's it's smack bang on what they finished last year. I don't think they've done anything terribly much to improve. So? Where it, well, that'll certainly help, but uh, you know me and quarterbacks. I just can't get past Tannehill. Yeah. I think the Jets will be improved. The Bills, I reckon, will be improved. And they won nine games last year, and the Patriots are the Patriots. They yep. win it almost every year. Exactly. So, yeah, I think they're going to finish right on that eight and eight button. And a line like that, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, look, the last one that I don't like at all, the Denver Broncos, 10.5 wins. I don't think they can get over that. Well, then you should like it and no, go but, under. But then I don't try. Peyton Manning could come back and be Peyton Manning and they could get 14 wins. <laughs> it is, that's a tough one. You just It's too high. It's high enough that you think, oh, they're not going to win 11 games. But then the season starts and they win their first six and you think, oh God, Peyton Manning's back, Where I'm, I'm in trouble here. Well, speaking of ones I don't like, it's a similar sort of thing. Green Bay Packers, the line's 11. I reckon they're going to win the division and they'll probably do it with 12, maybe even 13 wins. But you're riding that line to the end of the season, waiting on that one. Yeah, and you're riding if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, they're done. No. Oh. All of these you're done if the quarterback goes down, unless you're on the under, and then you're jumping up and down having a yeah. party parade. Yeah, for sure. Another one exactly the same as that, Seattle Seahawks. The oh, line's 11. I think they're actually going to come back a little bit. I know there's been a lot of talk of upgrade, but they've had a few 
people who've 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 moved on lost a lot of D-backs. Yeah, exactly, and that usually ends up in an extra score or two that you weren't giving up last year. Um, and I don't think Jimmy Graham can make up for all of those. No. Um, so that's another one. Though, those big numbers like that, that you know, you just don't want to be anywhere near. We'd like to thank everyone who's been tweeting at us. Um, you can of course follow at Sen America on Twitter, uh, and get your questions out to us using the hashtag SENNFLpodcast. Um, we'd like to thank everyone who has been tweeting at us. We're going to introduce Question Time with J.A. and Richie. Um, we'll just touch on one quickly at the end of today's show um, from Adam Munro, who tweets at us, Will Brian Hoyer start week one for the Texans? Uh, yes, but I don't, I don't like it. I'm with you. Anytime you're paying a quarterback the most money, most of the time, won't say always, but most of the time, he will start. I think Brian Hoyer will be the week one starter as well, but I think that's sad for everyone involved. So do I. I think it's going to take something pretty special for Ryan Mallett to overthrow him. Um, I just don't see it happening because they said money talks. We've also had a question from a rap on Twitter who's asked about the Minnesota Vikings and how we think they will perform this year. We're going to do the NFC North next week in our preview, so be sure to tweet your questions at us about them so we'll be able to touch on that for a rap next week. Also an exciting announcement, Inside the Playbook Australia are joining the SEN America family. They'll be writing for us each week. First thing they're going to be touching on is the best minds in football. A very interesting topic. Where will Chip, Belichick Chip be? Kelly will where will be Chip Kelly there. be? Um, so it'll be really interesting what they ask. It's fantastic to have those guys on board, and we'll obviously talk about their articles on the podcast. Um, that brings us to the end of today's show. You've been listening to the SEN NFL podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at SEN America. And to find the podcast, just head over to sen.com.au. All the information will be there. For James Arthur... For our producer, Chris Tyler, behind the glass, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening.